Welcome to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, tobaccoroadsportsradio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to debate whether Kevin Durant's legacy is going to be hurt, possibly, by winning a championship this year. We're going to talk about the new football league, the XFL. What is it, in the third stint coming in? But we also are going to be talking about NFL quarterback contracts and why there was a move last year that perhaps ruined the salary market. It's out of pocket with Michael Davis, part of your TGI Friday lineup. And we got Mr. Jackson Cordray joining the show. Jackson, how are you doing? I'm good, Michael, man. Dude, I'm ready to watch some XFL coming up. I'm ready to talk some football and talk about Kevin Durant in the next segment, man. How you been doing? Doing pretty good, you know, not too bad. Duke starting to win some, so I'm repping my team this week. And you're repping a University of South Carolina alumni crew neck right there. Notice I didn't say USC because we all know who the real USC is. But you know what? USC's never really produced a good quarterback in the NFL. So we'll probably not talk about any of those guys I mean, Spencer Rattler's going to be a great quarterback coming out, guys. I mean, are we talking about we're, I, I mean, are we talking about USC or you know we're, we're talking about California. the real USC, Southern California? <sighs> Matt Leinert's good, you know. Matt uh, Leinert Williams was not be, good. He's going to be phenomenal. Caleb Williams is Trevor Lawrence, but like better and like awesome. So next year, Caleb Williams number one overall pick by a far margin. He but, can be the number one overall pick, but doesn't mean he'll do anything. Dude, I would honestly take him over, like, Jalen Hurts right now. I would take him over a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. That's how good he is. Well, it's a good thing John's not on the show this week because he would probably throw something at your computer right now. But we do need to talk about some some time where a lot of fans threw stuff at their TVs, at their computers, threw down their phones. And it was when this quarterback got offered a fully guaranteed deal last year and it was the Cleveland Browns getting Deshaun Watson. And this was after Deshaun Watson hadn't played for a year. This was after he set out with the Houston Texans, by the way. He wasn't hurt or anything. This was after all the allegations against him. Before he was facing the suspension, he ended up missing 12 of the 17 games last year. And Cleveland, of all teams, thought it was a good idea to – try to get their quarterback. They're obviously a dismal franchise when it comes to quarterback history. And they're like, yeah, we'll offer Deshaun Watson with all this baggage, a fully guaranteed deal. And Jackson, I bring this up because I genuinely believe that none of my takes are out of pocket. This ruined the quarterback market for every NFL team to exist now because Look at a guy who is wanting a new deal, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, who plays a lot of the games, who doesn't really get hurt, got hurt a little bit this year, but he's a reigning MVP. And now what? what's his market? Because I, I, according to that, he has to make more than Deshaun. He has to get a fully guaranteed deal. And he's going to land in a situation where he might get all this money and – just be at the bottom of the barrel in terms of division standings in the league. And so I want your take on this Deshaun Watson deal and what it could mean for Lamar Jackson 
this offseason? Well, for me, I think the Lamar Jackson thing is just like he's got no talent around him to begin with. So the huge contract isn't a huge blow to their offensive roster. Like they don't have a number one wide receiver. They don't have a number two wide receiver. They probably don't even have a number three. So my biggest question is if you give him this money, can we go ahead and commit to him? Can we commit to Lamar Jackson? He's a franchise quarterback. He is a phenomenal quarterback. He's probably looking within the six years, 300 million mark. He's going to make more than Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson got a massive deal. I think this goes back to Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago, Russell Wilson a couple years ago. Keep the, you know, the quarterback market's always resetting, right? It's always going to reset. And the Cleveland Browns just went ahead and reset it, you know, went, went two steps ahead instead of one for, for Watson, right? And Watson didn't perform at a great level this past season. But I think next year we'll see him perform at a higher level, even though, you know, he's he should honestly probably not even be playing in the NFL. But anyways, I expect him to play at a higher level than he has this past year for the, the few games he did. But, I mean, you're looking at guys, free agents. Geno Smith's going to get a ton of money. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to get a ton of money. Tyler Huntley, who is the backup, uh, who made a Pro Bowl, is going to get some money this year because That's of the so whack to me. Like, yeah, come on, he shouldn't have made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, man. But here's the thing: is that all these guys, if you perform at an average level, Kirk Cousins, for example, got a ton of money a couple years ago when he is a average to slightly above average NFL starter. So he's consistently going to get you eight wins, right? He's car. He's Carson Palmer. You know, he he's one of those guys. He's not. He's not going to take you to the next level. The thing is, is that these guys that can take take you to the next level, Lamar Jackson's, are going to request so much money, you can't even comprehend it. They're going to be such large cap hits that like these teams won't be able to afford many players outside of them. So you have to have, a, you know, just wait till Justin Herbert comes out in a couple of years. Justin Herbert's got two more years on his deal. Wait till that happens. When Justin Herbert's a free agent, he's going to request the highest number ever in history. And you know what I thought about, Michael? I thought that Patrick Mahomes deal for half a, uh, half a billion dollars, 10 years, half a billion, is a bargain at this point for the Chiefs compared to everybody else. And think about Patrick Mahomes. He's, on average per year, he's not even making the most in the NFL. Deshaun's above him. Kyler Murray, your guy Russell Wilson, is above him right now. Make it more. It, it's crazy. And that that's what I'm saying is Patrick Mahomes, clearly best quarterback in the NFL, and isn't making the most money right now. And it's all it, – this is the theme every year. Every free agency, the market is reset. But once you start getting into these astronomical numbers, especially for Deshaun Watson, who genuinely just didn't deserve – like, and, and I, I hate the take of, you know, you have your – you have your common folk, and they're saying, oh, he's making way too much play money playing ball, whatever. Well, no, when you look at how much money the NFL brings in revenue, I'm comparing it with that. Deshaun Watson had no business being there with Cleveland, but Cleveland was willing to offer it to him. And I look at the teams with the most cap space entering this free agency period. As of now, we still have a lot of cap casualties that will come eventually. Uh, I'm sure a lot of teams are going to try to get uh, below the cap. There's there's like half the league and never fails that are always in the negative. But you look at teams like 
the Raiders, you know, 46 million of cap space right now. The Atlanta Falcons, 55 million. Both those teams need quarterbacks. Chicago. Chicago has like 100 million in cap space right now, which is absurd. That's more than, that's almost more than double the second team, Atlanta, in cap space. Lamar's going to land in one of these situations. And, you know, he's going to end up in a situation like Baltimore where, there's, there's no help because they've given all their money to their quarterback, and now you can't surround a team in Chicago or Vegas or Atlanta, and you're just going to be bottom of the barrel. I don't know if Lamar eventually is going to be happy playing in situations like that. Yeah, I don't know if Lamar's going to be happy playing anywhere, especially in Baltimore. I mean, he's been there five years. They have had no investments offensively for him. They, let, they traded his starting left tackle. They've done all these things. They've never gotten a true wide receiver. They've invested at running back, but those running backs have gotten hurt. I mean, what is the option at the end of the day for Lamar? Is it to go to Las Vegas? Is it to go to Atlanta? You know, Atlanta has Desmond Ritter, though, who's who showed potential in the last few games starting uh, in replacement for Marcus Mariota, whereas the Raiders may want to trade up you know, to, to get one of these quarterbacks or one of these quarterbacks may fall, you know, to seven and they may go poach one of them. The question is, is that where's the perfect ideal spot for Lamar to land? And I'm not entirely sure. I'm really not. He could go to Tampa. Maybe Tampa needs a quarterback, but Tampa also just went after the Seattle Seahawks uh, quarterbacks coach to be their offense coordinator. So watch out for Geno Smith to think about Tampa, you know, so you have these, all these quarterbacks moving around but where is the ideal spot for Lamar? That's the question, and I'm not sure. Maybe is it is it is it New York? Is it the Jets? The Jets have money, but are they willing to invest that much? And at the end of the day, we all know that the Ravens are going to try to get some investment back on this guy. You know, you can't just lose an MVP quarterback for chump change. You have to go after and get somebody. And the question is, is that do they franchise tag him and trade? Is it a, a sign and trade? What what are we looking at? that the Ravens can benefit and Lamar can benefit benefit from. And the question is, do they send too much for Lamar? So there are all these questions surrounding him. The only way we don't avoid all of that and Lamar gets to choose where he gets to go is if he's an open free agent. He's not restricted. He's not franchise tagged. And I just don't see that happening. So at the end of the day, he'll most likely end up back in Baltimore under a franchise tag and will forego OTAs and not per- – not participate in anything until he gets a long-term extension. Or traded. And honestly, it it could be where the dominoes fall because you mentioned Geno Smith maybe going to Tampa. I had not thought about Geno Smith in Tampa. I've I've thought about Jimmy Garoppolo just seeing Jimmy G was under the Tom Brady tree, could try to go and fit in Tampa as they try to reshuffle and restructure that roster. But it's going to depend on who – signs with what team you know we have Aaron Rodgers who apparently went into a dark room for what three four five days in complete darkness or whatever and is trying to figure out his life Derek Carr no longer going to be with the Raiders organization what do they do they have a lot of cap space Derek Carr has been thrown around with Carolina with New York teams this is this is going to be the most insane quarterback switcheroo free agency we've ever seen with Lamar, Rogers, Carr, Gino now. The 
entire 49ers organization. Who knows who starts there, who gets traded, who signs elsewhere. Jackson, is there any is there any of these players that could put themselves in a better situation? Like an Aaron Rodgers, could he leave Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers could absolutely leave Green Bay. I've heard rumors about him joining the Jets. I think that would be a great piece for the Jets to go get. They're a quarterback away, to be honest with you. They have so much talent defensively and offensively. They've got a number one wide receiver. They've got a number one running back. And they've got two talented tackles. So for Rodgers to go to the Jets, or I think potentially Derek Carr, if 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 Geno Smith leaves, um, leaves Seattle, goes to Tampa, I could see Derek Carr going to Carolina or – or Seattle as a replacement. Uh, there are plenty of situations for Derek Carr to find success. He's a talented quarterback. He's an average to above average quarterback. He's in the same realm as a Kirk Cousins or a Ryan Tannehill. Uh, there are plenty of spots for, for Carr to land and have immediate success. I think Carolina is a, a potential spot. I think Carolina has a decent roster. And sometimes I think it's I'm, I'm overly critical about the roster, but at this point in time, I think they could benefit from Derek Carr, a, tr- a true vet, and see where you know they all land. That's my, my biggest question: is where's Carr going? Where's Rodgers going? And where's Lamar going? And if Rodgers stays, I think I think you're looking at potential Derek Carr to the Jets or or Lamar to the Jets too. It's interesting to think the Jets because you know you just look back at history. Brett Favre, you know, leaves Green Bay. This whole decision whether he retires, comes out of retirement. Signs with the Jets of all teams, thinking he could take them there. But if you look at it, it's starting to make sense now that the Jets could actually – Jets are building something. There, There's two teams that I'm afraid of right now because they are building something. It's the Jets. And it's, it's honestly Jackson. We're in the triad area. It's the Panthers just because of the coaching staff that Frank Wright has assembled. And I'm sure we'll get into this sometime during the offseason, but – Frank Wright has Frank Wright has won me over as, you know, I, I, I doubted it. I won Steve Wilkes. He fit the culture and everything. But Frank Wright has taken this to an astron- astronomical height with just the coaching staff he's assembled. And I don't know if it's a good decision whether he, you know, drafts a quarterback or if he goes after one of these veterans like a Derek Carr. Yeah, absolutely. I think Frank Wright could absolutely go after one of these veterans and really put together a solid, a solid, solid season coming up. I think that's absolutely in the realm of possibility. And, and you think about the division right now. If a land doesn't go out and you know use their cap space to get a Lamar Jackson or somebody that can help them transform their team, because let's be honest, Lamar is a transcendent quarterback in terms of taking nothing and making something like Baltimore the last five years, you know, I'll I'll, I'll even put LeBron esque on Lamar Jackson for making something out of nothing those seven years in Cleveland before he decided he needed help. And now he's just riding the coattails champion and one of the greatest score, this greatest score of all time. And one of the the, the greatest player of all time and all these other things, because Lamar isn't that we'll be Frank. Lamar's not that, but Lamar does make, make the players around him better because he is so, so talented. You know, we, we underestimate how talented of a passer he is. He's also very good there. Just a few years ago, he went 36-6, and six, led the league in t- passing touchdowns in his MVP season, and had 1,200 rushing yards that season. We're forgetting how good this guy is all around. So looking forward, 
wherever he lands, wherever he goes, he's going to make something out of absolutely nothing. But if there is something there, if there is some talent, they're going to be a dangerous team going forward. Jackson, before we get into a break and we talk some basketball and not the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan, uh, just wanted to throw that in there before we get Henry on the show. You're a Seattle fan. Your team is hovering around 30 million cap space. Would you take a risk on signing Lamar Jackson, maybe clearing some more space to get him? Okay, absolutely. Lamar's a top seven quarterback in the NFL. He's an MVP. Yeah, absolutely. I would take Lamar Jackson without a shadow of a doubt. I would over Gino? Tag Gino. Huh? Over, over Gino? Gino? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but barely, barely. Lamar's got the legs. <laughs> Lamar has potential longevity over over Gino in that aspect. Gino's a better passer, no doubt about that. But I think you you franchise tag Gino, send him somewhere else, and you bring in Lamar Jackson, you make something work. You make some magic happen. John Schneider and, and crew with Pete Carroll, I'm sure they could figure it out. But absolutely, I would take Gino. I would, I would take Lamar Jackson. I would take Gino Smith. I would take Lamar. I would take Derek Carr. I'd take them all. I would take them all. He would even take back Russell Wilson. At the no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take. Okay, I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take Russell back. No thanks. I'm good on that one. I am. I'm <laughs> gonna pass. Hey, gonna ju- pass just wait till he and Sean Payton figure out a way to win the AFC West. Or, or I mean, uh, Chiefs. Chiefs probably win the West. They they may get in the wild card. I I expect them to be a playoff team. But that'll be a conversation for another time. We got to get into a break. When we come back, we're going to welcome in Mr. Henry Wilcox to talk about Kevin Durant's legacy, whether or not it could be damaged by actually winning a championship. That next on Out of Pocket with Michael Davis. Welcome back to Al Paco and Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. I'm your host, Michael Davis. We're joined back for this segment with Jackson Cordray, and we are getting to welcome in Henry Wilcox. Henry, how are you doing this week? Dude, I'm doing great. It's been a long week, if I'm honest with you. going on? Not much in the NBA world, though. Uh, outside of big old Kevin Love going to your Miami Heat, so 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 I just wanted to bring you on, and we we trapped Henry. We didn't tell him we were talking about this. Henry, I told you so. There's not many times I get to come on the radio and say I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Kevin Love in Miami, and he's going to do great things. He's going to fill the void at the four for us. He wants to be in Miami. It's it's awesome. I'm I'm happy as a Heat fan. So do you do you want to eat your words now or do you want to wait until? I mean, the funny thing months? is, is that he's still an old guy. He's still an old. He is not the Kevin Love we once loved and knew. And I I'm so happy for you as a Miami Heat fan. My good friend Luca Mazzanti, shout out him. Um, but that means I feel like I, I'm gonna have to see it to believe. It, and I could be. I'll eat my words if it happens. This changes nothing for the Miami Heat. I don't think they go any further because of Kevin Love. Like, cool. I think that they are still mm, – I don't know how I feel about them as a team. Uh, and, I mean, cool pickup, but still. Hey, it's a cool pickup. And, honestly, with the East right now, with Boston and Milwaukee at the top, Philadelphia, I, I still believe in them. John is taking a week off to – you know, kind of reassess where he's at with Philadelphia right now. 
it's it's been a rough time for him, but it, it's whatever. Cleveland don't trust Cleveland in the playoffs. Brooklyn trade away all their guys. New York don't trust them in the playoffs. Like if Miami can get up to a five seed where they don't have to play Philadelphia or Milwaukee or Boston the first round, get some momentum in the first round of the playoffs, they could make some noise if they figure this out. I mean, yeah, I think they can. But, like, when they you say make noise, I think that noise is the sputtering out after the semifinals. I apologize. I just had a text minute. Of, I'm, I'm so – I apologize for my uh, – Henry, Henry, you're a popular guy, and, that, and that's okay. We like you being popular. Um, but popularity doesn't always matter, okay? Because no, it's brains that matter, Boomer. And my brains are telling me that the Miami Heat are a second-round exit, even with hey, Kevin Love. We, we get through the first round, second round. And then and you lose in the second round. Unless we match up against the Milwaukee and just, you know, run them over. But – Wait, 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 wait. Didn't they sweep Miami in the first round two years ago immediately after they made the finals? Because I remember watching that series. Do you? Or Moving no. on okay. to a team. You can't trust Milwaukee or Boston in the playoffs. And I know I say that after Boston uh, just absolutely destroyed Miami in the playoffs. We're not talking about that right now, okay? This is a celebration moment. This is Love Week in Miami with Kevin Love joining the Miami Heat. But is there so much love for Kevin Durant? Because, guys, again, as I said in the last segment, I believe none of my takes are out of pocket. And I'm just thinking about Kevin Durant. Yes, he's surrounded by Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. There, there, there's good stuff happening in Phoenix. And the Suns needed to make a move. And when you can make a move for Kevin Durant, you do that. But best case scenario for the Suns is they win a championship. Or two or three. But I don't believe that winning a championship does anything to help Kevin Durant's legacy that's his legacy right now is he relied on Golden State players, Curry, Thompson, Green, for his championship. He couldn't beat them, so he joined them. That's his legacy. Goes to Brooklyn, tries to create a legacy of his own with Kyrie Irvin, James Harden, Ben Simmons. That doesn't work out. Gets traded to a team that was in the finals not long ago, maybe like two years ago. And now Kevin Durant is that extra piece who might be able to swing a championship. But if this is the case and they win a title, he's not he's, – his, his legacy probably gets hurt because he always needs help. Jackson, does this hurt Kevin Durant's legacy in your eyes? Well, as a Oklahoma City Thunder fan, but also a LeBron guy, this absolutely brings no value to Kevin Durant's legacy. Like, what is his legacy at this point outside of being, like, nothing, to be honest with you? A guy that has two rings, but not really two rings because he cheated to get the two rings. Like, it doesn't count. And any you, – you, you know, you look at the, the history of the NBA and you go, oh, the Golden State Warriors won those two years back-to-back. Well, how'd they win? Oh, because they had the second-best player in the world on their team and also, like, the third best as well at the time, like the two-time MVP. Like it doesn't count. It doesn't count. And if he goes, him going to the Suns 
And if they win a championship, I don't imagine they win two with Chris Paul. Like, I don't, I don't, I just don't see that happening. But if they go and win one this year, I just don't imagine that adding much value to them. Whereas LeBron went and won in LA, that counts, that adds value. He's won in three different spots, that adds value. He was the number one player in those spots. He didn't add 17 guys to the team. He didn't trade. He didn't go and join a team that was in the finals the year before. He made something out of nothing. Kevin Durant both times, he's the one time he joined a team. The one time a team had made it to the finals, he joined that team right after, made it easy for himself. Two years ago, the Suns team was in the finals. He went and joined that same exact roster almost. How are we going to add value to Kevin Durant's legacy when he just joins teams that are already the third or second or first best in their conference? The Suns are probably probably without Kevin Durant before the trade. What, the third best team in the conference? Maybe the second, maybe the first? Like, I'm not entirely sure. So it, it's, it, it just doesn't add up to me to add Kevin Durant and add anything to Kevin Durant's legacy when he just joins Dan, you know, he just joins teams in great positions. doesn't make sense. And, and to be fair, Phoenix is a five seed right now, but if you look and you compare the rosters, Phoenix versus Clippers before the KD trade, I take Phoenix, Phoenix or Sacramento. I take Phoenix, Phoenix or Memphis. It's tough. I'll still take Phoenix. Phoenix or Denver is where it gets chippy a little bit. But, Henry, I want to know your thoughts after you uh, devour that cookie on our YouTube channel that people should go subscribe to. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, go watch me three cookies on the YouTube channel, please, because it's a sight to see. Um, first off, Indeed. I want to say right now they are not beating the Memphis Grizzlies in their current form. Well, actually, maybe in their current form, not before. Uh, the Grizzlies have been solid. Uh, and I think the big issue with the trade with Kevin Rand, we may have discussed this before, is that they lose so much defensive capability by losing Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. Um, just right there, they lose a defensive player of the year candidate and a great defensive wing, which is essential. And they get Kevin Durant, and that's worth it. Uh, I just want to say this before I say anything. I'm a top five Kevin Durant hater. So the fact that I'm about to defend Kevin Durant is ridiculous and it is compromising of my character and myself as a man. Um, be careful not to be out of pocket here, Henry. No, it's just, I think at this point, when we look back, maybe less now, but when we look back, we're going to say, oh, Kevin Durant, because he didn't go to Phoenix, he didn't leave in free agency to Phoenix because he got traded there. I think people will look more fondly on this ring. And I think the fact if he wins this ring without the best team of all time, uh, then people are going to look on it more fondly because I think when everything's said and done, if he doesn't win anything in Phoenix, that's going to suck, and people are going to look at his two rings it's like, the only way this guy could ever win a ring is by joining literally the best team ever, at least record-wise. Uh, and if he wins with Phoenix, that's not the best team ever, and he doesn't have another MVP candidate on his team. And if he's the best player on that team, that looks better. So I do think that that can improve it in the future. I think that overall it's not going to make a crazy impact, especially immediately. But I think looking back, people will think more fondly of Kevin Durant for having one outside of Golden State if he does. Uh, yeah, no way the Suns beat the Nuggets in the playoffs before this just because they're dysfunctional. Same with the Grizzlies. But everything's different now. 
and Kevin Durant will be great because he's Kevin Durant, but I do not like him. Uh, let, 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 me pose this to you. let me yeah. pose this to you, Henry, because you said they'll look at it better because he got traded there instead of leaving there in free agency. And yeah. was that a fudge strike? No, no. I can't. Well, I mean, copyright it, law. It, oh, oh, right, right, right. Copyright. Like it is uh, whatever the great value brand of one of those. Walmart. Oh, dude, for, for a sec. Oh. It's great value, the great value brand. You you guys, if you are not following Tobacco Road Sports Radio on YouTube, you are missing a classic right now. Yes, you can listen to us on WWBG 1470 AM if you're in the triad area. Of course, you can listen to our Spotify, Apple distribution. Of course, you can listen to us on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com live right now, Friday at 4. But if you're not getting the visual of just Henry eating a cookie that we will not brand or Jackson marking out in his University of South Carolina, not USC, crew neck, or me just sponsoring Duke and the hoodie right now. You are messing out. But Henry, trading, right? He asked for this trade. That hurts his legacy. It's it's basically it, it's basically the same thing as leaving in free agency is like, hey, demanding a trade to this team. I want to go here. Send me here. Yes, however, the biggest problem, I think, with the Oklahoma City-Golden State thing is he is an MVP candidate joining the best team of all time, and there's that. But they get nothing back. They get diddly squat after Kevin Durant leaves. And at least Brooklyn gets a ton of picks. And Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, phenomenal players. They get something back out of this. So he's not totally screwing the organization by leaving. Uh, but he is – I mean, it is messed up that he has to leave. But he's in a better situation. And honestly, Brooklyn's in a better situation for the future because Kevin Durant was going to last that long there, I'm going to be honest. So I think that's better a better look than his decision number two uh, to the Golden State Warriors. Jackson, I, 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 can't, I can't take this. Like, first of all – the times Jackson and I are on the same page is oh, like one pretty, in a million. It's, yeah, it's really rare. So I know I'm not like crazy, or maybe this actually hurts my point that Jackson agrees with me. But <laughs> <laughs> Jackson, I the amount of texts I have gotten in the last two weeks after some of your takes on the Eagles is just baffles me. We could do an entire segment just reading off text messages from people who have reached out to me and comment on your takes. Yeah, well, I know one of them, and that's your father, who who sent me multiple Facebook messages saying how much he agrees with me. So I just want to say shout out to Mr. Mack because he, he agrees. Um, but anyway, I mean, the Eagles, are, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I mean, that guy's like kind of okay at best. But if we're talking about the NBA, like we were supposed to this segment, I'd love to mention the fact that I really do think that the Grizzlies are like actually talented, like really, really good. Like they're phenomenal. And like there is no problem in the West for John Morant right now outside of the Suns, maybe, and maybe Golden State. But that's the only thing I find that's like questionable. Like, hey, Denver Nuggets. I don't love the Nuggets, man. I here's the thing at the end of the day, I think I think Jokic has problems in the playoffs with athleticism. I think you're gonna have to he's gonna have to play harder. Did he make the Western Conference Finals two years ago? Yeah, but the Jalen uh, I mean, Murray was playing out of his mind, was he not? 
Yeah, and he's back. Playoff Murray. He's out of his but, mind like he once did. When, when has Memphis ever proven themselves in the playoffs? Last year. Yeah, last year they played out of their mind, like, well against yeah, Golden State. Correct me if I'm wrong, they made the Western Conference Finals. I could be wrong about that. Did they? Was it, was it Dallas that made that Western Conference Finals? Oh, no, it was. It was, it was, it was, it was. Yeah, I thought yeah. Dallas did. But yeah, yeah. They both, yeah, in the second round, Golden State beats the Grizzlies. I think it's 4-2. Yeah, yeah, four so, to two so, against the team that won the championship, you know, which is so, what Boston did. Boston went to six games with Golden State in the finals. So Jackson, after this KD trade, are you ranking? Where are you ranking Phoenix in terms of the team's favorites to get out of the West? I mean, they they have to be one, right? They have to be one, maybe two, above one Denver two. and Memphis now. Yeah, but I'd also you know sneak in Golden State somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if they find their rhythm at the right time and get dangerous. Or L.A. with Westbrook, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they they find a way to kind of sneak in, or if the Lakers figure out their formula with all the young pieces they've just added now, and you watch LeBron figure it out, you know, or the Grizzlies. I mean, the Western Conference is so loaded. It's not like the Eastern Conference. We have, you know, Boston, Milwaukee, and uh, Philadelphia. You know, it's like not. It's there are eight teams in the West that could potentially win. Are like, you kidding? Jackson, looking at the East, one through seven, okay, in the East would rank anywhere in the top three for the Western Conference. No way. They would. No way. No, winning percentage, go look at it. Yeah, because okay? they're playing other teams in the East. Like, they're, they're playing a bunch of bum teams. Like they're... I, I'm just saying in the in the East, that they're stacked, okay, if you're looking you only said one through seven because you're Miami Heat are number seven. Number four, I, five, six is the Cavs, the Nets, and the Knicks. You're telling me the Knicks would be top three in the West? That's dude, ridiculous. yeah, because, look, dude, go look it up. I've looked it up, NBA standings, Miami. Yes, maybe, maybe, by, maybe by uh, winning percentage, not by t- – if you put the Knicks in the West right now, they would not be third overall. Knicks are 33-27. Yes, I'm saying by record. They are not that – they do not beat out – Grizzlies, Suns, Golden State even, and then your Nuggets. Well, Golden State's been struggling just in general. I know, but they wouldn't beat them. They wouldn't be above them. Guys, that that was that was out of pocket. Okay. The the East needs the East needs some respect on their name. Okay. I respect the, I think they're great. Why why should a champion come out of the East this year? And in a very well could. I'm excited for that. I like the East more than I like the West, just because, you know, the area. But uh, I have difficulty believing that the New York Knickerbockers are going to, you know, put it together at the right time with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson. R.J. Barrett, I don't know. He's still on the team, yeah. Yeah. But you got Josh Hart and Joe and Brunson reunited. So there's something there potentially, but we got to get into a break. When we come back, we are actually talking about the XFL with – Someone who has been on the show before as a wrestling guest. We got Jason C-Tech coming on the show. Talk about some XFL. Why you guys should just watch and be entertained. That's going to be a part of this. And thank you, Henry. Thank you, Jackson, for being on the show. And we will stay back on Al Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSpaceRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. 
go subscribe to our YouTube channel and catch us for this last segment with Jason Tech about the XFL. Welcome back to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, tobaccoroadsportsradio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. I'm your host, Michael Davis. And what, what better way to end the show with let's say some football talk now it's not the nfl by any means but it might be a lot more fun for you if you miss football and i was like let's let's have a segment about the xfl and i was like okay who who should i bring in to talk about this and what better way to bring in a guy we've had on pro wrestling segments in the past on our pocket we got our lemon thrower supporter, is what you would like to be referenced as, Mister Jason C Tech. Jason, what's up, my guy? I'm not. I'm not beating the beat up. I'm. I'm holding my shield up. This is my. I got my DC Defender shield, and my my shields are up. Or I'm. I'm holding up a beer snake. If, if you know, if, if you're audio only, I've got my arm up in the air for it. This is. Uh, it. It's fun. Like so. My memories of the first game of an XFL season are now old enough to legally buy beer. Because I remember the first game of each iteration of the XFL, you know, all all three times now. I watched the first one uh, back, back when it was Vince. This is the XFL. Like, I remember like that. I remember, you know, the, the Brom, like, is this or is this not the XFL? Do I or do I not have a pulse? Like, I remember... All of that. I remember um, 2020, like again, the week after the Super Bowl launch of the XFL. I, 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 I've started my campaign that Cardale Jones should have his jersey retired by the DC Defenders for um, the service and sacrifice that he put in uh, to the storied DC Defenders uh, franchise. And um, and I was I was there again. Um, this year to to watch it come back i was um uh i i'm so stoked to have like unironically so stoked to have it back um is it the best football no no like like anyone the like the reasons to love the xfl if anyone says well it's better than the nfl and like if they're saying that about talent like they're wrong i don't know if anyone's actually saying that um but it's just it's it's you know uh you know baseball is a national pastime but football is america's game uh and and there's kind of you know there's there's that tiny distinction so we love football one percent of high school players go to college one percent of that from college goes pro you're telling me that we can't have a compelling spring league with all that talent left undrafted or on the table um it's great um I remember, like, I remember realizing that we were going to lose the XFL in 2020 when COVID happened. And that, that was. Is, that's the first thing you texted me. You, it wasn't even about wrestling. It was like, man, we've lost the XFL. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I was so bummed because like, what, if, if all the XFL does this year is just sort of like recapture most of the lightning in the bottle that happened in the 2.0 season, I think that they're on a, on a, on a good trajectory there. 
because like right about the time, um, you know, right about the time COVID happened, that was that was the introduction of the beer snake in Washington D.C. Um, there was, uh, you know, they they did not get a team back. Uh, the the Los Angeles Wildcats were playing some good games uh, out there. It was a very like, I mean, it was a wide league. It spanned the whole country. Um, you know, there were there were likable teams. There were likable personalities, and you know, um, against my better judgment, I watched Pardon uh, the Interruption this week, and you know, got to hear Michael Wilbon, you know, just saying he doesn't care, like you know, making he hate me jokes in 2023, which it's like, okay, guy, like, okay, like, and and you know, he's just working the gimmick, but but whatever. Yeah. So. Um, I, we're, I've been we're, we're overjoyed to have it back. Yeah, we're not PTI. No, I mean, we're this... out of pocket. And, yeah, you know, it, it's it's not out of pocket to say that XFL can fill a void. You know, we got the oh, XFL. Absolutely. We, got, we got the USFL. USFL just had a draft a few nights ago. We had Chase Bryce, the quarterback from App State, get picked in the first round. Like, they're hosting a draft for guys who may not make it to the NFL. and yeah. Honestly, I believe, Jason, this could fill a gap for players who are going to go undrafted. They may or may not even get signed on for a practice squad and, you know, just filter out after a year or two. These guys can actually make their name in one of these leagues, like P.J. Walker. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the first name that came to mind. Um, I mean, even, even, even XFL 1.0, I mean, you had – Tommy Maddox, uh, you know, he went and, and played for the Steelers. Um, Rod Smart, he did make it back into the league, did he not? Um, uh, otherwise known as He Hate Me. Um, so, like, <laughs> there, there definitely is, there definitely is a path. I think where, I think where the XFL could be uniquely positioned um, is. is if if the NFL ever decides to forego looking to the NCAA as its like main developmental sense, um, especially from a payment standpoint, I mean, um, I mean, there's there's so much gray area, and and none of this is flushed out because like my love, I was telling you, like my love for the XFL is all heart, like very little head, like filters into it is. You know, there's something to be said. Like, it's fun to go to a stadium and just talk trash and have fun for the sake of having fun. Like, the the problem with the NFL was that it became – is that it has become such an industry, you know, by which, you know, people, like, base their emotions and stuff like that. It's like, no, like, at at its heart, like, sports are great when you can turn them on kind of like an episode of Seinfeld and just be like – I want to watch this because it's going to be fun. And then once it's done, I'm going to go on and do other things. Like it's, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's light. It feels light. It doesn't weigh heavily, but most of all, it was just like fun to watch. And, um, I, you know, once again, I think there's some things the XFL does that I think the NFL would be wise to at least consider in like some small scales. Like, you know, the, the kickoff is, is interesting. It looks weird, but it's interesting. I love, love, love 
the fourth and twenty five, the fourth and fifteen from fourth your own twenty five onside kick. That is so awesome. Which uh, I, that, I wanted to bring that up to you because the Battlehawks won a game. They were down. Yeah. They scored, and then instead of kicking an onside kick, which chances of that are very low, they convert mm-hmm. a fourth and fifteen, end up driving down the field and winning the game. Like that's exciting yeah. to me. I mean, that was, it was just cool, like to see, and and you know, on on the flip side of that is you have the cowards, the absolute cowards in Las Vegas, who decided not to go for three to actually win the game and then go for like the onside kick, uh, and they they didn't get it. Uh, at which point, it's like, okay, if you go for the three point conversion and you get it, you're in the lead. Great. If you don't get it. It changes nothing about what you were going to do afterwards. So why not just go for it? Um, and that was like, there was a moment like that in uh, in in the two point season where like a coach could have, like it was like a nine point game, and he could have gone for three to make it like a one score game, but then only went for one, and it was still a two score game after that. Like the math is the math is weird. It's not always great, but you know, from a gambling sense, three out of four overs hit. So foot like sports are fun when overs hit because because it's points. I think what I think what the XFL has a great chance of doing is like um during college football, the most fun game to watch sometimes is that like in Eastern time, the four PM Big Twelve matchup. Because there's no defense that's gonna be played in that game. Like it's gonna, it's just gonna be like points. Like I want to see a thirty-five, forty-two, forty-two, forty-one, like thirty-eight, fifty-six. Like that, those are great, fun games to watch. They're just like fun, and um, so the XFL, why, if they can get, yeah, that's why. I yeah, love if they the can get some points together. Games. They're gonna be, yeah, and and um, I think I, I'm still not sure. I'm not. To me, I think the USFL is in a really tough spot uh, in terms of positioning. You know, uh, I, I, I'm not going to like fault anybody for. Um, I'm not going to fault anybody for going. Like, certainly, it, it was sort of like in wrestling. If everyone has a job, it's good for everybody. You know, so it, it's like it's fun to talk trash on the USFL in the sense of like your buddies talking trash to each other. You still like each other. You're not like mortal enemies, uh, but at the same time. Well, I, I, I feel know, a different it, way about Jackson sometimes. <laughs> uh, true. True. But, um, you know, we can, uh, I, I, I hope they make it, but at the same time, you don't want too much fragmentation. Like it just gets really polluted really fast. Um, I think, I think the XFL in getting getting the TV deal and getting that ironed out early certainly bodes well for it because it's you know it, they've got the ESPN connection they've got ESPN Plus if they need to put the games there and they can put a game on FX and you know which which sounds weird but in what well, like a month and a half we're going to be watching college basketball on True TV when the tournament starts so it's like yeah. some of these like weird just sort of like um, you know, back of the closet networks, 
you know, True TV can pause from playing Impractical Jokers unendingly uh, to show a play-in game, then, you know, FX can show the XFL and, and it, you know, kind of works with the branding and it's an easy, you know, well-known network to find. So um, I think it's, I, I think it's just, I think it's great to have it back. Um, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to, and then, you know, it seemed kind of weird. I think, I think they were really smart to wait out the year and not go into it like the USFL did where they had everybody mm-hmm. play in one stadium for the entire season because you could tell, like, nobody in the stands cared, um, and and, it, yeah. and it's tough to it's tough to build a market in Philadelphia when you're playing an eight week season in Birmingham, Alabama, um, yeah. you know, or or anything like that. No offense to original XFL city, Birmingham, Alabama, but um, uh, maybe a you little. know, it, uh, Birmingham's a great town, Un- underrated city, northern Alabama, <laughs> very. Northern Alabama, very underrated part of this country. Um, but when we, but like looking at the XFL, I think they've got, you know, you can see they sort of like repositioned some teams. Um, you know, Texas having three teams makes a whole lot of sense, especially with the way that market is sort of like rallied around those teams. Um, you know, Bob Stoops and, and Wade Phillips, both being coaches there. Heinz Ward uh, in San Antonio in black and yellow as if there was any doubt as to what his colors were oh. going to be. Um, you know, it, it's just, those are little things, you know, put some eyes on the product. Uh, and, and it was, and it was clear early on, even when they were doing like the kickoff of like, Hey, we're a year out, but we're going to really like kick this thing off. And you saw how many fans would show up in gear. Like that, that's the crazy thing to me is people were ready to X- support this league. Seeing the success it, of the XFL. Yeah is because of the crowd and the fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, dude, they even had a presence with the beer snake. And when the beer snake got confiscated, of course, you are you know it. They threw lemons yeah, on I, it. It's just awesome. Like, and someone <laughs> someone figured it out as they were all drinking. Like, there was a particular adult beverage, which was being served in the stands, um, that had the lemon in it. That's where they got the lemons from, as they were, you know, essentially drinking this kind of, like, you know, fruity vodka cocktail. And they're like, well, they took our cup, so we still got our lemons and they're chucking it. But like, you could tell that there was no malice behind it. And it was like, you know, they should be mad that they took the beer snake. The beer snake was an official DC Defenders like ad camp and marketing for the season. Like it was in the hype package of like, hey, we're coming back. Guess what else is coming to? And it was the beer snake. Like people were like they were stoked for people it. Um, yeah, I mean it's just it's it's the same things. Like everybody agrees that like minor league sports are some of the most fun experiences you can go to in all of sports. Minor league baseball, minor league hockey. Um, you know any any of those things. They do great family nights. They're cheaper. Like they're they're just flat out. You can afford to take your family. I can't afford to take my family to an to an NFL game. I can't afford to take myself to an NFL game. Um, what, like once it's all priced out. So like, just to have something to where you can kind of instill a love of a sport um, at a more accessible financial level is is a is a pretty cool thing too. And um, you know who knows? This was the first weekend. There's games on Thursday. I think, I think the sweet spot is going to be 
the Saturday afternoon slate when it's mm-hmm. still sort of like daytime. Like, cause once, once it's just tonight, like people will start watching college basketball. They will start watching the NBA as they always have. And um, I think, but having something on like, non prime time that you can kind of like flip between on, you know, Oh, I don't totally want to watch this, but we can go and, um, you know, watch something else. I think it, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, I, I'm looking forward to an undefeated DC defender season, you know, at the end of the day, which is Jason, totally what I'm expecting. Jason, I, I now regret you coming on the show. I wish they had Detroit team for you to pull for Cause I, DC is gross. I mean, it's, Ugh. It's it's the the winningest franchise in XFL history. Um, they they've n- never lost a home game. Ugh. So uh, you know it's it's just I'm just waiting for them to build the Cardale statue uh, outside of the stadium and, and retire his jersey because um, I, you know no offense to Jordan Tamu uh, loved him at Ole Miss. Uh, I think I think the world is ready to have its first. XFL Hall of Fame inductee, and it's got to be Cardale. Could be Cardale. Um, and if you're watching this and you didn't catch XFL's opening weekend, you go pick your team, just have fun with it. Have fun. Football, we're, we're about six months away from the NFL season. Um, pick a better team than Jason, but Jason, we got to get out of here. Um, got to have you back on, maybe even the wrestling podcast to talk some of the WrestleMania stuff going on. We'll have to coordinate something with that but uh we got franchise players next on the part of the tgi friday lineup it's been out of pocket with michael davis thank you guys so much for tuning in and be sure to subscribe on oh don't put your shields up no no defenders <laughs> welcome here uh oh. go go cheer on your detroit teams jason um but be sure to subscribe to the tobacco road sports radio youtube channel you can catch this episode in full and you can catch all the other out pocket episodes right there so everyone have a great weekend